Well, everybody, thank you so much for coming back to the Dali Talks podcast. I am so, so super extra excited today because we have a very, very special guest, Riley, who is a Marine Corps baddie, and she's doing amazing things. And I just want you to know who she is, how you can support her, and to tell all of your kids about her because I believe that she is a real great um, representation of what you can do uh, when you least expect that even from yourself. So Riley, thank you so much for coming onto the show. How are you doing right now? Oh, thank you so, so much for having me. Um, I'm reporting live from the Olympic Training Center at Lake Placid, New York. Today's also a very special day. I know you mentioned me being in the Marine Corps, but today um, I was promoted to captain of the, captain of the Marine Corps. Yeah, September 1st. So Thank you. Yeah, that's been something that I've, I've worked really hard for and I'm I'm super blessed. So today's an awesome day. I get to train. I get to talk to you. Um, I got promoted. So shoot, um, I'm I'm riding a high. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is so awesome. Did, who, so do you guys um, in the Marine Corps, does somebody get to pin you? Do you get to choose who pins you, the your new rank? Yes. So because I am not at work right now and I'm at the training center, um, I will not be pinned till next week so when i go back to work i am gonna have my boss who's a lieutenant colonel the uh the, the reporting um officer who's gonna be the one that's gonna do the whole ceremony for me and then my father is actually gonna be able to fly out thankfully and he's gonna be a part of the ceremony as well so mm -hmm. i'm really excited um that'll take place in washington dc uh next week but it, it's like unofficially official you know mm -hmm. my pay and my my rank shows that but I won't actually get pinned till next week. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. I know the feeling. I remember that. <laughs> it's such a special thing. Uh, so congratulations. Let's dive into how did you, at what point did you think, I'm going to join the Marine Corps? Totally. So everyone's story of how they enter the military is a little bit different. Oftentimes people have family members and it's kind of a rite of passage. Um, for me, it couldn't have been more the opposite. So I, I kind of have a unique story where I grew up in Indiana, so there isn't really any major military bases there. So the military community wasn't really something I was involved in or around in much at all. And I was an athlete my whole life. So I accepted a college softball scholarship to George Washington University in D.C. I was really excited to play Division One softball in D.C. to be close to politics, what's going on. And in my head, just assumed I would go into policy, government, three-letter agency. Of course, every 18-year-old's like, I want to be in the FBI because I see all these TV shows and it looks really cool. So that's kind of what my head was. And I knew that I have been extremely patriotic. I love my country. You know, I was four when 9-11 happened. So I don't necessarily remember everything, but I remember the repercussions and the changes and stuff after and, and learning about history and, and stuff like that. So I've always loved my country. And when I got on the campus, I quickly found out that there was a Marine recruiter and him and I just happened to strike a conversation. It was, I was, well, I haven't been on campus for a month at that time. And I remember just him telling me about the Marine Corps and, you know, with my jaw dropped and my eyes wide open, I'm just like, tell me more, tell me more. And I just loved everything he had to say. And I decided then and there that I was going to go to officer candidate school um, that summer. So I actually went early. I went right after my freshman year to start my my journey to becoming an officer in the Marine Corps. And it was the best decision I've ever made. 
Wow. So I'm learning from your story already because I thought that you had to commit before your freshman year in college. Mm. That's so that's really good to know. So there's so many different routes. And like I said, some are more standard. So if you go to one of the military academies, for example, the Air Force Academy, the Naval Academy, that kind of stuff, like West Point, you go directly through it, right? Like your school's at. There's also what a lot of people know is like the ROTC. And for that you do, right? Because you're on scholarship majority of the time. You actually could walk on like sports teams to ROTC. You just don't have the scholarship. That's also a possibility. And then what people don't know, which I didn't know, was my route. So for the Marine Corps specifically, it's called PLC, which is Platoon Leaders Course. And before you commission, you are able to go to Officer Candidate School and do OCS twice. So why it's twice is you're broken up because you're so young and you have zero military experience. So I went for a six-week course and then go back for a second six-week course. And they were different courses. So for example... When I went for my first six-week course, I learned all about the basic, basic military education and learning about like a fire team. So just how to function in a group of four, very small level military knowledge. The second six weeks was more advanced. And that's where all of the ROTC, ROTC kids came with me. And so that was more squad level and getting into more like platoon level. So much higher, you already are expected to know the basis of military knowledge and that's kind of how they catch everyone up and then if you go to the naval academy and you choose a marine option you don't go to ocs you do a small um, course and then you go straight into your commissioning so there's so many different levels and for me it worked because i was a college athlete so i was already on a scholarship so i didn't necessarily need the military scholarship it allowed me to be fully a college athlete and then just over my summers like an intern internship you would say train and like be involved with the military and I still had my college experience my college athlete experience and didn't have any necessarily ties that I owed to the military until I commissioned ah I see so you said you were on full scholarship already and you committed so at that point are you expected to serve in the military a certain amount of years or does that come after so no and that's what's crazy and some people decided not to so you were able to go to officer candidate school with this program and you didn't decide until you graduated because you can't become an officer until you have um you know have completed college And that day, your commissioning day, you either accept your commission or you deny the commission. If I would have denied the commission, I wouldn't have owed the military anything. Okay. Technically, technically, you could say, hey, I just did 12 weeks of military training. Maybe that's something that looks good on my resume for a next job. I tried it. I didn't like it. This is not what I want for my future. In my opinion, I've never seen that happen because (laughs) you fall in love with it and there's it's never what you think it is. And you work so hard to earn something. And that feels so satisfying that of course you want to take what you learn and apply that. And my contract was four years of active duty, which seemed maybe like a lot when I was thinking about it at 22 years old. And now that I've completed those four years and I've gone on, I'm like, those four years went by like a blink of an eye. Like it was so quick, you know, and people talk about their college and they're like, Oh, college flew by best times of my life. I think the same thing for my first four years in the military. Like it flew by. It was the best time of my life. Like all the stuff happened. I grew, I learned, I traveled. And now, you know, I'm, I'm on year five and just like looking at this and I'm like, I can't, I can't believe how fast it went. And that's really not of that big of a commitment compared to what it may seem like when you're young. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I completely agree. The years just fly by because you're discovering so much, you're traveling, you're learning. And maybe at the moment it feels like, oh my gosh, today's such a long day. Like you're learning something new, but then you look back after that first enlistment contract is over and you're like, oh wow, that's crazy. Cause I went in thinking I was just going to do three years and get out. And then 10 years later, <laughs> and I miss it, you know, but, um, but I, that's a whole nother story. But anyway, so you've done some pretty cool stuff. The other thing that got me so excited when I first spoke to you with the Veterans Chamber of Commerce was that you mentioned that you are Miss Military. And I was like, wait, what? Like <laughs> women in the military can do that. And at that Marine Corps, women can do that because, you know, there's this perception that like the Marine Corps is just all about train, 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 train. It's all about the military. You have no room for this or that. Um, so talk to us a little bit about how that happened. Absolutely. So I think there's parts of it, right? Like being a Marine is my primary job and my primary focus. And it does take a lot. And as you know, being in the military, there's stuff that you don't see. You don't see working on the weekends. Sometimes you don't see, like, you don't have nine to five hours, <laughs> you know, like I was just on the rifle range a couple of weeks ago. Like I wake up and I have to be there by zero four, like be there ready to go. Like I'm waking up at two 30, right? Like people don't, people don't see that. There's no overtime. Right. So all to say like, that is my primary focus. However, as you know, being able to balance and time management allows you to do other things that you want to do. And I just have a bunch of desires and things that I like to do outside of the military. And I was approached um, by Calvin Hill on social media. And he's like, Hey, I'm, there's this pageant. Um, it's Miss Military, you know, for Miss Military 2023. We think you would be an awesome candidate. Um, we would love for you to participate. And when I first heard that, I'm like, I like kind of did one of these. I'm like, does he know? Like, I'm not a pageant girl. Like, and everything I like thought of, I'm like, I don't, I don't do that. You know, like, that's not something that I am. Like, I don't even know how to like, I can walk in heels, but I don't know how to do that. You know? And like a talent, you know, you just think I'm like, I don't sing, like, I'm not good at singing, you know, like I'll sing the Marine Corps hymn, but like, <laughs> that's about it. And anyways, I decided I was like, you know what, this is, this is an interesting opportunity. Everything I do in life, I want to be bold, I want to be able to broadcast my story, not for me, but really to inspire women, um, especially younger, younger girls as they, as they evolve and grow up and, and let them know that there's so many things that you can do and to have the boldness and courage to just put yourself out there. And if you fail, you fail. And that was kind of my mindset was, you know what, I'll show up. I'll, you know, do my part. I'll prepare for it. And if it's, if it's good, it's good. If not, like I learned something about myself and I had fun doing it. So I remember, um, I stayed in contact with them. I had just gotten back three days prior from Europe competing in bobsled and was like, Oh my gosh, I like got my first spray tan in my life. Like just because like, um, but I did like my own hair, did my own makeup. I showed up and I wore an old Marine Corps ball dress that I had, um, <laughs> which was hilarious. And I ended up winning, which was crazy. Um, I think it was hard, um, for everybody when they saw that my talent was bobsled, that was just kind of so unique. And I was able to just highlight and show one of my races in Europe and what that looked like and everything like that, which was awesome. But again, like it was one of those things of like putting yourself out there. And by no means do I recognize myself as like a pageant queen or princess or anything like that. Like there was no swimsuit um, category. It wasn't really about beauty. It was about 
volunteer and working in our veteran community and what we're doing to give back. And that's why I really decided to do that. I'm a very strong Christian. I believe in giving back, especially to our veteran community. Um, you know, we make up 1% of the population of those who serve and, you know, sometimes we leave and we, we lose our sense of community. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to incorporate and give back. And I love that that was the foundation. So I have a couple more months left. Um, trying to make the most of it, but yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So let me backtrack because you said this guy just reached out to you in social media. Now nowadays, the first thought is like, wait, is this a a joke or you know, like who is this guy? How did you vet him? Because that's scary. Because there's so many like tactics that are used to get to people for a whole bunch of different reasons. So how did that go? Absolutely. And. <laughs> I want to preference this by like, don't just believe anything people say at first. I always, I did the same thing. I was like, am I being like punked? Like, <laughs> do people really think this? And I will also tell you, and I have to share with people how I got on TV for the game show was the exact same way. I was reached out to on social media. So good things can happen from it, but how do you protect yourself? And that's the question you're asking. I think you need to be able to like, first off, be like, does this make sense? Is this legitimate? Go to the page. People can buy followers now, buy likes, views on reels and all that stuff. So that shouldn't be your method. Um, Look and see if they have a website. Generally, if you have a website, that's pretty legitimate. I would also, I'm always big on like, hey, let's get on a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep, I would love to to hear more before I commit. Let's get on a Zoom call. That way I can see your face. Um, I can make sure you're who you say you are. I can actually hear about you. You actually see who I am, you know, I am big on social media and I, I put myself out there, but you don't know what like you're going to get. Instagram's a highlight reel and you can edit and change and kind of do whatever you want. So I, I highly recommend doing that and then following up with other, other sources, you know, searching them on, on Google, doing some background checks, doing some research before yourself and just always take some of the things that you learn with a grain of salt, being skeptical, skeptical skeptical about things isn't a bad thing necessarily um it can protect you but know that there are some good things that can happen through social media and two of them being the pageant and and, and going on, on the tv show was was from that from instagram <laughs> so it's it's worked so far um but i've definitely had my fair share of like fake people you know wanting to do all this kind of stuff but sometimes you have a good betting process you can you can filter them out yeah. Thank you so much for being so specific um, about how to vet people, because a lot of people just have no idea or they doubt themselves. Um, you also mentioned uh, that you were on a TV show <laughs> and uh, bobsledding. So mm-hmm. my next question is, when you're doing all of these things outside of the mil- military, do you have to ask for permission? Yes, and um, everything. So when I decided to join the Marine Corps, I knew that you basically are signing yourself over to the government for lack of better words, right? That I am a representation of the government. I work for the government. I'm employed by the government. And especially when you're in the military, you're a first responder. And so people have to know where you are, what you're doing all the time. Um, It's a little bit different than the civilian sector. Even my Marines on, you know, we call weekends, Liberty periods, you know, 48 hour Liberty periods, like, where are you going to be? What are you going to do? How can I get a hold of you? Um, these kinds of things. So there's a lot more accountability responsibility that that takes place. And so at any and all times, my my command needs to know where I am, what I'm doing. And then also, you just can't assume the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Based off of op tempo, what's going on, um, deployments, training, all those kind of things. I, I've had to say no to a lot of opportunities 
but I've, I've also been able to thankfully say yes. So for example, the pageant was on a Saturday night. And at the time I was stationed in Oceanside at Camp Pendleton and it was in San Diego. That was a really easy thing, but I still asked my command, Hey, I want to give you a heads up. This is what I'm doing. I remember I told my boss and then I, I, I sent them a picture after I won and <laughs> like kept them involved that way as well. Right. You never want to be the highest person with a secret, um, especially in the military. And you want to make sure that you have solid comms, comms are up, good communication to make sure that people know what's going on for your safety and for the Marine Corps as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what did that conversation look like with your, with your uh, bosses? Cause you know, we always have like more than one um, where they were like, what you're doing? What <laughs> did they, <laughs> did they have that response or where they were like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Go for it. Sure. <laughs> I think so. The unit that I was with, I was, I was there for three years in California. And I think my bosses and peers, the officer corps learned out quite quickly that I constantly am involved in some crazy things. <laughs> and like it, it almost like, the shock kind of wears off like, Oh, what are you doing now? Oh, <laughs> Oh, shocker. You're going to go and do this. Oh, okay. And so there's like this running joke, but um, yeah, every time, you know, it's like, okay, is this a good idea? I also had to make sure that I talked to people within the Marine Corps when we were looking at like Comstrat um, communication strategies and like talk with them about what are strategies of communication? You know, how do I represent myself as a Marine in civilian attire on TV on a pageant, you know, what are things that, you know, not them telling me what I can and cannot say necessarily, but hey, like rem- remind yourself, like these are t- certain things that you sign up for. Here's, you know, certain things that we just don't talk about. Um, here's things that you can talk about. And, you know, what does this look like so they can help and be a resource for me? Because we all know once you say things, whether it's on social media or anywhere, like that stuff will stay with you. That stuff can get you fired. That stuff can make, you know, ultimately the Marine Corps look bad. And the last thing I want to do is ever jeopardize you know, the greatest warfighting organization's reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know that I, I know that aspect coming out of the military because I've had to, I've done a lot of things and I like when you write a book and stuff, you have to, you know, reach out to them and have them review everything and approve it and stuff. So it's different. Um, and honestly, I love, I love your response that, you know, you said that they were kind of like used to you doing stuff and they're like, <laughs> again, that's really, really cool because I really want to, emphasize that when you're in the military, you can do a lot of things. I know that I went into it not realizing that. So I always restricted myself because I was like, oh, I probably can't do that without even asking. And that came until much later. And also, I want to say this, and maybe it's a bias, so forgive me, but I feel like officers have way more leeway than enlisted people. Mm-hmm. So I, I will I will respond this way, and I think you actually answered your own question. I would say officers are more bold to ask. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the hard questions that enlisted because I've had everything that I've said and I preach this all the time. I, it would have been so easy for me to tell myself, no, that wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. Based off of my interpretations, thoughts of what someone else was going to say. And when I asked to go on the game show, when I asked to be in the pageant, when I asked to allow myself to train for bobsled, the easy thing would be for me to tell myself no, because I'm scared of what my boss was going to tell me. And I think being an officer, because for whatever reason, maybe because of the rank, maybe because I've had more training and education, I'm maybe more confident, more used to leading. And we know how to ask and we know how to interpret in brief, maybe a little bit better. Um, I felt like it wasn't necessarily because of my rank. I felt like it was because of the confidence that I had to ask. Mm -hmm. And like you just talked about, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. 
always closed mouths don't eat. Right. And so how do you know whether or not you can and cannot do something if you don't tell somebody? And there's so many things that I think later on looking back, like I've, I've had numerous conversations with a bunch of Marines that were like, Oh, I didn't know that was even possible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ask. And then all of a sudden you wouldn't believe it. I had some enlisted people like join the Marine Corps teams and like they're on the golf team. They're on the Marine Corps running team. You know, they're, they're training with the Marine Corps boxing team. Like all this other stuff op- opened up because they were like, well, I didn't know if I could ask. I'm like, ask, apply. Mm-hmm put yourself out there. Like, again, worst case, if the answer is already no, at least give yourself some kind of possibility and probability. And then I will say with that second, I'm actually going to disagree with you in a way. It's harder for me as an officer to do these things because when I'm not there, I'm one of one mm-hmm. compared to, if you think about it, if you look at a platoon, you have a platoon commander that's in charge of, you know, let's just easy numbers. Let's say 50 Marines. And how many Lance Corporals are there? How many Corporals are there? A massive amount. So if I'm missing a Lance Corporal or a Corporal for a couple of weeks, that's probably not felt maybe as much if I'm missing my platoon commander. That's supposed to be running the show. So to be completely honest with you, I actually think that it's been more difficult for me and I felt way more guilty. And I've struggled with that of being away from my Marines when I'm doing these things that I'm training that I feel like I'm letting them down potentially more because I am the officer, because I'm, you know, supposed to be there leading by example and making sure that they're all okay and doing it from a remote location. I'm still doing it, but it's not the same. Yeah, no, I I love your response to everything you just said, because there is a lot of truth in a lot of what you said. Um, And and I want to add one thing. I feel like the officer corps in any military branch is like, there's a, an essence or an atmosphere of, stepping out of that box and asking those questions. And even when I got out of the military, I remember a lot of officers had all these jobs lined up and I was in E6 and I was like, what the heck? I've got, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have no prospects. And it's because there's like a different vibe mm-hmm. where it's like, Hey, every, you take care of yourself. And then we're in the uh, officer course, like, okay, how can we help each other? Like networking is huge. And yeah. I admire that so much. And I think I really, truly saw that until I got out. Cause I was like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> like <laughs> my buddy who was an officer and, you know, say like did 10 years, just like me, he's got all these prospects and I'm over here like, shoot, what do I do? And that adds to the whole, like how you feel, you know, when you get out of the military, that's all another talk. But anyway, let me go back to you because, <laughs> um, because I can only imagine how your Marines feel about you. I mean, like a sense of pride that you're doing all of these things. You're being a really great example that you're, you're not limited to just being that military person. And that's actually probably, in my opinion, if Riley keeps doing this, uh, Riley's going to have no problem moving out of the Marine Corps at one point or another and just like stepping back into civilian life without a problem. Maybe not as as much, you know, like uh, you, won't, you won't struggle as much as others because you've been stepping out and doing all these things, which is amazing. So thank you for doing that. And especially as a female officer, you know, that's really important. We need we need those examples. Well, let me now pivot to the 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 show. How at what point was this? Was this before you did the pageant or after? It was before. So I remember it was 
summer of 2022, early summer, maybe May, June. And I knew that I had a very high chance of making the United States national team for bobsled, which is the highest ranking team. Um, we had some people retire, which opened up some spots for me to potentially move in based off of um, some accolades and achievements I had had the year prior. And I knew that funding was going to be extremely tough. And I'm, like I said before in this podcast, I'm a very strong Christian woman. And I was very worried about the financial commitment of doing a full world cup tour with like half of the races in Europe and half of the races in some of the most expensive, beautiful places in Europe and having to transport a 402, 400 pound bobsleds from here to there, lodging, food, gas, sled rental, like all of these things you could possibly imagine. And I was just praying about it. And I was just like, all right, all right, God, if I'm, if this is going to be potentially an option for me to make this national team and go there, I want to be able to compete help me find a way financially because I'm I'm stressed. And I remember I got a message on social media and was like, hey, um, you know, I'm with the casting department um, for the show. I think you'd be a really great fit. Let me know if you want to hear more about it or you consider it. And again, I, like how many weird messages I get to, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get pranked. And then I looked at the guy's profile just for whatever reason. I'm like, well, if this is true, this would be really cool. And he had a blue check mark. I Googled him in LinkedIn. Like that was his job description. I Googled the show. I did some research. And so I ended up responding back with what I said. Hey, thank you for reaching out. I would be really interested to hear more. I would love to schedule a Zoom call for you to like see me, me to see you. And we can just answer some questions that I have regarding this. And maybe my biggest question was, are you real? And is this real? And so <laughs> it was. And it was a game show that um, required two people. So it was a t- partnership. And I remember I asked my mom to be with me. And so we uh, submitted a video as they asked. We went through, I think, maybe three or four rounds of auditions and we ended up getting selected. And we filmed um, later that fall and it aired in March, March 8th episode filmed. Um, It's called Lingo Episode 7. Um, And my mom and I were able to be on TV and ultimately we won which was incredible. So that was one of the most amazing experiences and God um, provided. And I was able to actually completely fund my whole season last year and compete on World Cup and World Championships in St. Moritz, Switzerland. So I I am just so blessed. But again, like if I wouldn't have put myself out there, if I wouldn't have asked those questions, if I wouldn't have asked my boss, if I wouldn't have asked God, you know, for help, like None of none of this none of this opportunity would have happened. And now that's something that my mom and I share and will cherish for the rest of our lives of something that we've done together. Yeah. Wow, that is incredible. So what was the what 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 was a challenge again? So yeah, it, it's it was a game show. It's called Lingo Lingo. It's very similar kind of to like Wordle. Mm-hmm. Um it's a it's a word game. And so okay. it's, it's an hour episode and basically you're timed and you have to be able to figure out words with only the first letter. And then every time you get it wrong, you lose money or it goes to their team. And it's, it's a fascinating game. It's so fun. It's high, it's high pace. Like people joke and been like, you know, m- me and my mom are blondes. They're like, how, like, how did you win? I'm like, no, we practice every day for months before <laughs> going on the show. And it was the most nerve wracking thing, but we crushed it. So yeah. um, it was awesome. And it's, okay. it's free on Paramount plus. Um, <laughs> okay. I will be watching it. I <laughs> That is so cool that you got to do this with your mom. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people get to say that. I went on a show with my mom and we won. <laughs> yeah. 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 
That's really cool. Okay, and now let's talk about your bobsledding. How in the world did you go from softball to bobsledding? <laughs> I'm glad you asked it that way because that's exactly what happened. Um, playing softball in college, I played at George Washington University. There was a girl, was a woman who also played there who went bobsled post-softball. And she's a five-time Olympic medalist. Her name's Lana Myers-Taylor. She's she's a boss lady. She's awesome. And when she won silver in 2018, she was invited back to George Washington to be presented an award. I was selected to present her the award. And when I just heard her story and what she did and more about the sport, I just kind of fell in love with it. But if you remember, I already had been to officer camp school. I already made a commitment. Commitments mean things to me. And I, I love the Marine Corps so much. I was like, I'm not doing anything else. Like, this is it. But I tapped my teammate next to me. And I was like, in another life, I would be a bobsledder. And I remember I got to the fleet. It was COVID. And I found myself missing my why or what I was working towards every day. And that's when I decided, you know what? I'm going to be bold. I'm going to take a risk. I saw that she posted that they were having an online combine. I picked up the phone. I just called the coach, called the Olympic coach. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> like my name's Riley, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'll never forget that moment. I don't know what I was thinking, but thinking that, you know, is this even possible? And at the very least, it gave me something to train for, something to try for, for the combine. It very similar to NFL combine, sprints, lifts, that kind of stuff. Just trying to gauge your athletic ability. So it gave me something to work for. So I was like, this probably won't happen. Like, look, you know, I'm not a top athlete in the United States. I mean, I played D1 softball, but like, you know, what now? And so I ended up making it. And now I was like, oh my gosh, the hardest part, I had to go ask my boss, like, can mm -hmm. I, you know, take two weeks off to, to go to a tryout in person? And I was so scared. I was reckless. I didn't sleep that night. I was all over the place and I walked into his office and I was like, sir, you know, I really need to talk to you. And I will never forget to this day, the ease that he put me at, you know, he's like, yep, we'll allow you to do this. Um, I'm going to confirm with the CEO. Um, but we think this would be an awesome opportunity. You've earned it. You've worked hard. You've proven your worth here. You've proven your value. You're trying to make the most out of a situation within COVID. I don't think that they thought that, and I didn't either, that I would be where I am now. I think it was just like, hey, this is an awesome opportunity. It's a morale story for you. Like, you know, you're PTing, you're exercising, you're you're highlighting the Marine Corps in a positive way. We'll, we'll allow you to go. And I remember I was working remotely because like COVID, a lot of people were teleworking, especially in the military, because we were in a new environment and we were trying to navigate it. And so, yeah, I was able to go for two weeks. I ended up making the team. <laughs> and I think then I was like, oh no. And I think they were like, oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> and so, you know, three years later, I made uh, the national team, which is the highest ranking team. I competed in world championships. I finished um, top 15 in the world this past season in both. Wow. And, you know, all that is because I had my command, believe in me, I had the Marines that stayed back, covered down and helped me out. I had my leadership, uh, believe me, like, this is not my story. This is a story because the, everyone that was around me, everyone who believed in me and everyone who supported me and everyone that, that picked me up when I, when I was falling and I, I wasn't able to be there. So why I'm so excited to share my story, why I'm so excited to tell people about what I'm doing is not to boast or gloat about me by any means, because what you, you may see my face, but what you don't see is the thousands of faces behind me 
that made this possible. The countless number of names that I would spend hours just talking about, and I know it all the time for. So um, there's so many people that I I, I just want to thank, and this would never happen if it wasn't for each and every one of them. And I'm I, I'm just so thankful. I'm so blessed. It, it's it's been a ride. Yeah, you you definitely are blessed. Let me tell you because I witnessed in, throughout my ten years moments where people would ask for certain things, and because they were they had that mindset of no, you're you need to focus just on the military, and so they would deny permission to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so that is that's incredible. That what a gift. And here you are representing the Marine Corps and yourself, of course, so well. Does the does the Marine Corps help with any of the funding because you are in a, in a way representing the Marine Corps? No, and that's something that um, I never wanted to ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I won't ask for, mm-hmm. they have allowed me and the Marine Corps has been so good to me to, I mean, I get paid like everybody else, right? Like, cause I still work. It's, <laughs> it's not like I'm just hanging out despite what people think. Um, I go back and forth. I work weekends. I work holidays. I work whenever I can. Um, even here I have my laptop I'm on, I'm on calls. I'm just navigating things from remote status, but they do not cover any of the funds mm-hmm. or travel or anything like that. I just am allowed still my normal twice a month paycheck uh, like 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 everybody else does right what about leave because every time you go train you have to use your own leave what happens if you run out of leave right so there are times when you are able to go into the negative um, and there are times per the marine corps order on leave and liberty if it's for an olympic level event uh ptad is authorized so when i'm in competition and when i'm actually competing in world championships or the world cup races and that kind of thing um, I am able to use PTAD and I still work during the whole time and everything like that. And then the times when I do take my personal leave, I actually still work anyway. Um, that's because mm-hmm. of course giving me so much, I don't ever want to be seen as taking advantage of, of the system or what I've been given. Mm-hmm. So I try to give everything I have back and more. And then I actually don't take my own really personal leave. Um, I remember for Christmas and holidays, I work through them. I take the duties I make sure that I'm in office when, so my Marines can go. Um, I make that sacrifice, not because I want to. I make that sacrifice because, again, I've been given so much that any chance that I can cover down for people who do that for me, I want to be able to do that for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I would do exactly the same thing because you you have that sense of responsibility and you recognize how much you've been able to do. Um, can you explain what PTAD is for a lot of people who don't know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So acronyms in the, Marine Corps, in the military, right? <laughs> There's so many. Um, PTAD is uh, permissive temporary active duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So essentially what that means is um, I'm not physically located at my home station. So I'm trying to like describe it for people, but I'm my, my base that I work out of is in Quantico at this current time. And so basically when people go TAD or something, they're going to a different command or a different unit or like sometimes for training, schooling, exercises, deployments, all that kind of stuff. Um, permissive, it just means that like, I like in how this works, I'm not, not necessarily going to another military base. So, you know, when I'm here, I'm, I'm at the Olympic training center, there's no Marine Corps base up here or anything like that with that job. So I remain, I keep my same job. I'm just working in more of a, a remote status. Right. Yeah. Pretty much a uh, temporary duty station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the funding. How can mm-hmm. we help you? Because I mean, I'm all team Riley. And 
<laughs> and I've been telling people about you because I've been looking forward to this conversation since I met you. And I, I tell my girls and, and my husband today, my husband, I was like, what do you have today? I'm like, I'm going to talk to Riley. He's like, the girl, the Marine bobsled. We're like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I so just, we're all like, okay, it looks like we're going to be very tuned in to the bobsled in this, this coming Olympics. Yes, yeah. I, you know, first off, the, the hardest thing to do is to ask and ask for help. And I still struggle with asking for funds. It's just, uh, it's just uncomfortable. It's awkward. Um, so the ask that I tell people is there's several ways that you can help me. Um, the first is if you're a person of faith, I always say like, you can help me by just praying and praying for health, praying for guidance, praying for safety for me and my team and how, and how we operate and praying that the Lord uses me through sport to glorify and highlight him. That's an easy thing that people can do. Um, the second thing, and it sounds silly, just follow me and reshare myself on social media. Um, the more people I can get my story out to, it doesn't really cost you anything to to hit like or to share a video maybe or repost it to your story that actually allows me to continue to reach bigger audiences which allows maybe companies to be more attracted to me or other people find me through podcasts or I mean that kind of stuff and then third obviously there is that financial demand um team usa and team usa bobsled the federation uh we are not funded by the government so a lot of other countries for their Olympic sports are funded by the government. We are not. So that means that we have to find our own funds. And for Team USA specifically, we do not have enough funds to cover all of our athletes. And so we have high ranking level athletes that are not completely funded, which is 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 disappointing. So not only do I do the sport, I actually lose money doing the sport. I pay out of my pocket. <laughs> but that's how you know I I love it. You know, I'm I'm here for the right reasons. But anyways, essentially I try to align myself with better known brands through sponsorships as a team USA athlete, not as a Marine. Um, and then I also have a donation pages. So twofold, um, you guys can support me. I have a GoFundMe link and I have um, different kinds of resources like that. Or there's an option where you're able to go and support some of the companies that support me. Um, you know, if you buy some of their products, I get a small commission. You know, they've already decided to help and, and fund me a little bit monthly. And then, you know, sometimes there's people that are like, hey, maybe I don't have the money, but you have a service you can provide, right? Someone's like, hey, you know, I'm um, a meal company. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that would save me so much money. Or like, I'm a supplement company or you know, even, I don't know, I work for Delta Airlines and I can help, you know, give you miles for flights. You know, that there's so many ways and people have been so creative. Like, hey, I can get you a pair of shoes. I work at Nike, you know, anything like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to say no to anything. And there's different ways that you can help and support. And then um, the other way, lastly, too, that I, that I'm able to, to do stuff is just highlight stuff through speaking engagements. So if anyone else, has a podcast or coming out to schools or businesses or all these kinds of things. I, I think I do have a wide variety of a resume <laughs> that I can speak to a lot of different things and topics. And I'm really trying to get in more involved with that and get in front of people and kind of go into the more of the motivational speaking and, and sharing of my story. So anyways, I know that was a very loaded answer to your question. There are so many ways, there's so many ways to be creative and I'm here for all of them. So yeah. No, no, I love your response. I love that you gave people a lot of options. Um, so you said prayer. Um, I truly believe in, you know, when you speak something out, it's like it, it happens. Um, uh, the other one was uh, your social currency, sharing videos, um, yeah, letting people know about who you are and what you're doing. Uh, that way you can get 
recognized by some brands that might want to sponsor you. Um, of course, uh, going onto your webpage, to your GoFundMe and donations. So that, yeah, that's great. And, and I love that you said also the in-kind gifts, like giving the meals or the supplements or whatever. So there's so many ways. And I think that people do forget that you can help out that way and that it does matter. And for people who are listening and they're like, oh, I don't have money, every single dollar, it could be just $1, everything counts. Because I mean, I'm sure you have big expenses, just flights alone. Like what you said, I didn't even think about it, um, that, that you have to ship the two bobsleds. That cannot be cheap. <laughs> Those are heavy. <laughs> thousands of dollars. Thousands yeah. of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I want to invite people to check out your Instagram. Can you tell us what your Instagram is, please? Yes. So my last name is very tricky. It's pronounced T-Jack, but it's not spelled like that. So um, on Instagram, you can find me at rye, R-I dot T-E-J-C-E-K. So it's that first one. I'm only on Instagram. So I know some people will talk about uh, TikTok and all those other profiles. Nope. Like I have one, that's where you can find me. I have my email linked to that as well. And I also just want to leave it open for anyone, anyone listening to this that is inspired by my story, wants to talk more, uh, maybe just want someone to be in their corner and give them that bold push to ask for something. I actually reply to every single one of my direct messages that is appropriate. So if you reach out to me and you ask for something, I, I'll always offer to schedule a phone call. I'm not a stranger to give my cell phone number out to people to be a resource. What's the point of having this story if I don't bring people along with me and support people in it? So that's something I'm very passionate about. So anyone listening to this, please feel free to reach out to me. Just make sure you do it um, correctly and you'll get a response from me. Yeah, definitely. And remember, she's available for speaking engagements. I'm assuming virtual and some um, in person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. There we go. Any last tidbits that you want to share about you or anything that we've spoken about before we wrap it up man I, I always want to leave with like you know leave people with something and one last like saying that I just kind of want to leave people with is do not tell yourself no before someone else does and I think that was a theme of what we talked about and stop letting yourself doubt or your worry about someone else's response dictate you trying and putting yourself out there I think a lot of people would be very amazed and surprised of what people are capable of. And if you show how passionate, how much you want something, you do your research and you present it um, and you speak to it in an educational way, people want to help you. So again, I just want to reiterate, do not or stop telling yourself no before someone else does. And I just want to leave you with that. Yeah. I wish you would have told me that back in 97, (laughs) but you were a baby. (laughs) I was just born. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm telling my age. I'm 44 and I'm proud of it. You should be. be. (laughs) Well, Riley, this has been incredible. I hope that you really enjoyed and learned from my conversation with Riley. She's an incredible young woman. I'm telling you, if you have children and if they have ever thought about joining the military, I think that that conversation would be ideal to show them that you can do more things in the military than you think. And I I hope that it also helps you debunk certain stereotypes or myths that you've heard about the military. You know, Riley, uh, she had a good point. She just keeps asking. There's something that she shared after our conversation when we stopped recording. She said, if you only knew how many no's I've gotten. And I wish she would have shared that with you all because 
some people think, oh, you know, she's got it easy. She always gets a yes, you know, but she does get rejected a lot. And some people have even told her like, nope, yeah, you can do that until after you leave the military. Um, so don't think that it's that easy. You know, it's not always a yes, but you will get a yes if you ask sometimes. And and the more no's you get, sometimes that gets you closer to to that yes. And that's something that I've learned until I got older. Uh, like I said in the, in the conversation, I saw certain things in the military where, you know, people would ask for permission for certain things, or maybe I would, and then I would say, I would get a no. So I thought, okay, I guess, I guess I shouldn't be asking. Um, and I wish somebody like her would have told me, no, girl, just keep asking. Uh, but anyway, so I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, I want you to please let me know in the comments what you thought about this episode, or if you have any questions, if you are on a podcast platform, please go ahead and leave a review on that platform. It really helps uh, with the ratings and also to give people an idea of what they can expect from this podcast. Again, have a wonderful day and I look forward to hearing you and tune in next week.